Canada curious? This is the Yes We Canada podcast, the progressive's guide to getting the fuck out. This episode, the Canadian Armed Forces. There's no strife like it. And the bang bang is banging. I'm Matt Zimbel in Toronto. Attention! And I'm Mio Edelman. Tenchut? Tenchut! What the fuck is that? This is our podcast on the Canadian military, and I'm trying to keep it crisp. Okay, everyone. At ease! Mio, <laughs> first of all, welcome to season two. It's great to have you back. Yeah, I mean, it's great to be back in the Yes We Canada toxic workplace. I blame it all on HR. I didn't know we had an HR. But today we're talking about a huge organization in Canada with a huge HR problem. No, not Yes We Canada. The Canadian military, or as they like to call themselves, the CAF, Canadian Armed Forces. We are the Canadian Armed Forces. That's our job. And you? We're ready when you are. A message from the Government of Canada. Now, you guys might remember from last season that we talked about something called the Canadian Solution. Mm -hmm. Which you have to admit sounds pretty impressive, right? Mm -hmm. It's a term used in international diplomatic circles. So imagine a bunch of worldly diplomats in an elegant, darkly paneled manner somewhere, drinking claret, charged with solving the world's problems. And they say something like, bloody right, old boy. I'd say this is a job for the Canadian solution. Blimey, mate. What could possibly be better than the Canadian solution? Cheerio! Pass the claret. Hey! <laughs> well, in fact, the Canadian solution is to study the situation in the hopes that it will go away and nothing need be done. Which I think is effing brilliant. What? Well, we have a problem. No, actually, problem is too passive a word. Mm -hmm. We have a full-blown fucking catastrophe <laughs> in our military. <laughs> a sexual misconduct crisis with a side order of sexism, rape, racism, and, well, it would be fair to characterize it as a platoon of generals, all white, of course, so deeply resistant to cultural change that they're employing the Canadian solution hard. That's basically all you need to know. Tench hut! Podcast out! <laughs> Do not touch that dial! Or you'll face a dishonorable discharge from the Yes We Canada podcast. Okay, let's go! Now, you might think crisis is a little journalistic hyperbole, a little clickbait to keep y'all listening. Oh, no. Check this out. In 2016 and 2017, seven former members of the CAF brought a class action lawsuit against the government of Canada alleging sexual misconduct, sexual assault, discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender identity, and the list goes on and on. You know how many CAF members signed the class action suit? How many? 19,000. What? Thousand. Not a typo. 19,000. The government of Canada has agreed to a $900 million settlement. Wow. And has paid out almost 2,379 claims already. Wow. Women make up only 16% of the military, but on a percentage basis, they make up most of the sexual misconduct cases, with 650 reported just in 2018. But the problem's not exclusive to our women warriors. According to Toronto Star reporting, in 2018, 800 men in the regular and reserve services reported at least one type of sexual assault. Wow. 
the Canadian Armed Forces, an equal opportunity sexual abuser. Attention! $900 million. Yep. Jesus Murphy, heavens to Murgatroyd. Have you noticed lately that old white dudes are costing us a shit ton of money? The RCMP are currently going through exactly the same crisis. The old boys are draining the national treasury because they refuse to woke up, woke up, <laughs> and realize we're living in 2022. Their behavior in the calf has been so repugnant that they have unintentionally created a brand new literary genre. Dystopian, chiclet, horror. But for the purposes of this podcast, we'll just call this literary genre the calf in crisis white paper. Or military science fiction. Or woke the fuck up. <laughs> Let's take a look at this. In 2003, we had Justice Lamer's report on military injustice. Loved it. It was, it was called the Lame Report. <laughs> <laughs> I mean justice, not injustice. Then in 2009, we were treated to duty with honor, the profession of arms in Canada. And in 2011, the Lesage Report on justice and grievance process in the Canadian Armed Forces. Mm, fantastic. I know, such a great read. And then in 2015, Justice Marie Deschamps dropped her barn burner, a sexualized culture in the calf. And six years later in 2021, former Supreme Court Justice Morris Fish treated us Justice Morris Fish treated us to the Fish Report, a deep dive into whether any progress had been made on the Deschamps Report. Spoiler alert? Nope. I'm afraid to report that the report on the previous report reported no reportable progress. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> so the Trudeau government commissioned the 420-page Arbour Report from former Supreme Court Justice Louise Arbour, which was released in May of this year, and came with the ever-so-sexy title, Independent External Comprehensive Review. Hmm. Mio, I'm pretty sure that Justice Abour was not looking for a sexy title. Well, maybe the cover. You know, because I, <laughs> I, I, I see very sexy covers for all of these reports, actually. <laughs> covers to collect dust with. <laughs> I'm starting to think that the government has created a new kind of employment program for retired Supreme Court justices. Hmm. Write a report. Cash a check. <laughs> Also, you didn't mention the best-selling Auditor General's report, The Path to Dignity. And of course, who can forget the internal CAF study, Dignity and Respect, the Canadian Armed Forces Strategy to Address Sexual Misconduct, which was published in 2020. <laughs> Basically... A lot of trees died to tell us that the Canadian military was a misogynistic, highly sexualized culture, utterly incapable of policing itself. The chain of command is too slow, not transparent enough, blah, 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 blah. In fact, Justice Arbour actually said that her study is not just another, quote, blah, blah, blah report. She also said, and this is truly shocking, and I quote, one of the dangers of the model under which the CAF continues to operate is the high likelihood that some of its members are more at risk of harm on a day-to-day -day basis from their comrades than from the enemy, end quote. So there are two things happening now. One, the military leadership has known about this crisis for decades now and has tried and utterly failed to fix it internally. The handling of sexual offenses by military court in the past 20 years has done very little to improve 
efficiency, discipline, and morale. If anything, it has served to erode it. So now, the government has lost faith in the command, and the rank and file have lost confidence in their commanders. Arbour's report said the military was great at setting up systems, writing reports, and creating what she called death by PowerPoint. One Canadian Armed Forces system to combat sexual abuse was a tracking system the military brass called Operation Honor. The rank-and-file women warriors quickly renamed it, and instead of calling it Operation Honor, they called it Operation Hop on Her. Oh, my God. That, that would be funny if it wasn't so incredibly sad. Yeah, CAF leadership had become masters at creating the Department of Redundancies Department. Problem? Well, let's form a committee with a cool name to deal with it. Check this out. They had SMITS, Sexual Misconduct Incident Tracking System. Then there was SARP, Sexual Assault Review Program. KIS-B, Harmful and Appropriate Sexual Behavior. That sounds like the name of like a b-boy breakdancer. SORT, Sexual Offense Response Team. And of course, SHARP, Standards for Harassment and Racism Program. Fantastic. <laughs> That's a lot of acronyms. That's a lot of acronyms. Arbour's report said, and I quote, This is the collective failure of an organization that has preserved such a high degree of self-regulation and resistance to external influence and progress. End quote. Now, to put that into layperson's terms, she said, it's a bloody fucking institutional shitshow. Canadian Armed Forces has tried to fix these problems internally, but because of their command and control culture, they've failed. Justice Arbour says, enough internal. They need the Canadian criminal courts. They need the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. And nothing less will do fail. The justice tabled 48 recommendations, many of which were seismic, like moving sexual misconduct cases out of the military jurisdiction and into civilian courts, and closing the military colleges. At the press conference, the journalists kept asking one question over and over again. Quote, are these recommendations going to be acted upon, or are they going to sit on a shelf at DND and gather dust? Well, I think that's a fair question to ask like 20 to 30 times <laughs> in a one-hour government press conference on the tabling of another inquiry slash commission report. You know, This wouldn't be another report that sat on a shelf, one of those reports that collects dust on the shelf. This report falls by the wayside. Now, the Minister of Defence, Anita Anan, who is the first Hindu-Canadian to hold a cabinet post, and Justice Arbour became quite frustrated by this line of questioning. I thought at one point they were going to start saying, OK, CTV, you want to ask if the report's going to sit on a shelf and gather dust? CBC, over to you. Take your best <laughs> dust shot. Dust anyone? <laughs> Sitting on a shelf? La poussière des amis? Canadian press? Anyone? Dust? Dust shot. <laughs> OK. <laughs> I have responded to this question already, but I will, I will add to my response. I, I think you mischaracterized what I'm saying. In my previous professional life, I spoke in court orders, not recommendations. Now, if you'll permit me, I can translate that legalese into English for our listeners. Yo, I'm a fucking ex-Supreme Court judge, dude. I issue rulings. I don't recommend. <laughs> Rulings. That's right. <laughs> that was she, said that. she said that. She said rulings. That's the longest rulings I've ever heard. But okay, so but where's the military leadership in all this, generally speaking? 
Generally speaking, uh, they're resigning in disgrace. Who is? The generals. Mm. Which brings me to number two, my conclusion that the generals have a hard time keeping it in their pants. <laughs> yes, Mio, I'm afraid the chain of command has become the chain of fools. Chief of the Defense Staff, General Jonathan Vance, retired and pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice in a case of sexual misconduct about him having a clandestine relationship and child for 19 years with a major. Ugh. Okay, everyone, you might want to start making some notes here because this is going to get out of control pretty quickly. Vance is then replaced by Admiral Art McDonald, who rocks the role of chief of the defense staff, for a whole two months before he steps aside for, yep, you guessed it, accusations of sexual misconduct that supposedly took place 10 years earlier on HMSC Montreal during Operation Nanook. Accusations? Yep, uh, the case was dropped without charges after the military investigated itself. Oh yeah, one more question. Operation Nanook. What? What is that? You know, that's when you take some firepower to the Arctic, you know, to MAGA, make the Arctic great again. Oh, I'm starting to get this chain of command fail thing. You know, take me to your leader. Not as easy as it sounds. Next, General Michael Rouleau, who is head of the Special Forces and Vice Chief of the Defense Staff, resigns because he's caught playing golf with General Vance while Vance was under investigation for sexual misconduct. You see, Lieutenant General Rouleau is the boss of Provost Marshal, who is the military dude investigating Vance. Now there's a game of whack-fuck that certainly didn't enhance a career. Or, excuse me, mind if we play through? No, please, go right ahead. <laughs> Be my guest. In fact, those judges' robes look so good with those tasseled golf <laughs> shoes. Okay, then a few months later, the guy who replaced Lieutenant General Rouleau as the commander of the Special Forces, Major General Peter Daw, resigns when CBC reports that he had given a positive character reference to a sentencing judge for a soldier who had been convicted of sexual assault. People, I think you're going to keep needing to make some more notes because we're not done yet. Then four months later, the military brass quietly reinstates Major General Dawes to his previous position working on, get this, the military's response to sexual misconduct. Now, there's no internal posting acknowledging Dawes' return to this highly sensitive position, and CAF members who are stakeholders in the issues of sexual misconduct in the military find out about the posting through the media and go apeshit on the socials, and Dawes put on immediate leave. And meanwhile, former Supreme Court Justice Arbor is probably thinking, fuck this, I should forget about writing this stupid report and just sell the movie rights to this clown show. <laughs> you think I'm done, huh? It would be nice, wouldn't it? Nope. Then Major General Danny Fortin, who's leading Canada's COVID-19 vaccine rollout, is removed from his post when the military announces he's under investigation for an undisclosed allegation which turns out to be exposing himself to a woman when he was a student at the Royal Military College in St. Jean in 1989. He's currently suing the government for a lack of procedural fairness. I've got this, 
like just crazy image in my head of a police lineup and everyone in it is a general. <laughs> no That's a, a tinge hut. <laughs> tinge hut. Tinge hut. Tinge hut. Look, I, I think we've got to start to shut the podcast down. So you've been face first down in the reports, the press conference, you know, all that stuff. What's your takeaway from all of your research? Well, basically it's like this. The company of brothers has had a really hard time over decades and decades of becoming the company of brothers and sisters. Originally, they paid the sisters less. They humiliated them. They abused them. The command and control culture of the armed forces is a toxic workplace by its very nature. What are we asking these young men and women to do? When they enter the forces, they're hormonal young people who were training to maim and kill. They're ruled by white men. 71% of the force is white and male. Most of its leaders were educated in the 70s and 80s. And I'm not making excuses for tragically bad behavior, but you have to acknowledge the seeds of the dysfunction. But recruitment is way down. Even fathers and mothers and families that have been military families for generations are counseling their daughters not to enlist because they feel it's not safe and they would be exposed to lieutenant generals. I mean, exposed to a level of sexism that's not career-enhancing, even if they do escape this blatant sexual misconduct. Well, I think the Warriors have basically reached the end of the road. Minister of Defense Anita Anan, before she was the Liberal member from Oakville, she was a corporate compliance lawyer. She strikes me as both compassionate and tough as nails. Her last cabinet posting was procurement. She's the one that got us all that cool PPE during the pandemic. You know what they say, huh? If you're a good cabinet minister, you get promoted to a worse job. Welcome to the Minister of Defense portfolio for your dining and dancing pleasure. Now, Justice Arbour, she's a tough cookie, too. I mean, I'm not sure you're allowed to refer to an ex-Supreme Court judge as cookie, but you know what I mean. And we do have to say thank you for your service. Here, here. But this is the thing. You join CAF and you're going to serve our country, fighting floods, pandemics, forest fires, fighting that dumbass in the Donbass. Hard work. Like, this is not glamour. But it's long past the time to get it right. So with Anita Anan and Justice Arbour, the women are now running the joint. And we're going to end this episode by premiering what we hope will become the new recruitment ad for the Canadian military. Thanks for listening. At ease. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in 30 days. Fight fear. Fight chaos. Fight misogyny. Fight with the Canadian Armed Forces. It's time for some feminine protection you can count on. The Canadian Armed Forces. We're not dicking around anymore.